Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Randall Show, we talk about restoring extension after ACL reconstruction surgery. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here with the crew from Champion PT and Performance answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about, PT, sports performance, fitness, career advice, anything you want to talk about, head to MikeReynolds.com. Click on that podcast link, and we will keep answering away. Let's see, who do we have today? We have Dave Tilly, Lisa Lowe, Mike Scaduto, Jonah Monlock, Lenny McCrina, Dwesh Podell, and Dan Pope, all from Champion. Good grouping of people today. Uh, Len, a couple new students for our podcast listeners. Who do we have today? Yes, we have two brand new students that we'll see over the many months. Uh, we have Courtney Camberalis from Deuville. We've had recent student from Deuville, and Courtney now is in her last rotation from Deuville up in Buffalo. And we have Nancy Kuhn, 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 Nancy Kuhn, like there's a Q at the beginning, from Mary Baldwin University in Mary Baldwin, Virginia. I like it. I feel made, like those intros are just, they're just getting better and better, Len. They made, made that up. <laughs> I, did, I did that without a list. No list having to cheat. That, that, that's awesome. All right. So who's up first now? So now, I mean, both students started at the same time. So we don't have a seniority issue here. So yeah, let's, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Let's, let's see who they've uh, self-chosen to read the first question. Mm. All right. So I'm going to read the first one. Power move. Chris from England, what are some tips you would give for restoring full knee extension after ACL surgery? I see many patients around the five-week mark that have a loss of motion that I would like to avoid. I want to avoid those people too. I like it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good question, right? I mean, so nobody wants to have um, a loss of extension after ACL surgery, right? That's one of our primary goals that we always have after surgery is making sure that we get that as, as soon as we can. So um, let's try this, Chris. I'll try to lead the discussion a little bit. Um, you know, before we get into what we do exactly, I don't know, how often how often do you see people with loss of extension, you know, three, four, five weeks out? I mean, is that is that a common thing? I mean, it, who, who wants to tackle that part of the question? I would say it's, uh, uncommon, but unfortunate when it does happen. Like that's, I would say the majority of people, again, maybe it's our relationship with doctors and they send them early and we see them pre-op or we educate them pretty well. And we're like, as soon as you can possibly get your leg on a prop straight, please do. So I would say 75 to 80%, I would say across the clinic are pretty good. And then maybe you have the one who is sore or not the most compliant or 
doc doesn't maybe feel comfortable with PT till really late and they get a little sticky. Right. Yeah. That, that's one of the first things I thought of too, Dave. But when I read this question was that, you know, perhaps if this person's seeing this recurring, maybe, maybe there's a consistency there, right? Because you're always going to have somebody, right? There's always going to be a patient that gets some tightness of their knee that it just happens. It's the way things are. Everybody's a little different. But if you're seeing this recurring, then, you know, I right. do wonder, is it is it a limitation too early from, you know, the, the surgeon's perspective? Or, are we not emphasizing that early enough? Is it maybe maybe they need a pre-op session for that person, right? But, um, yeah, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, Len, five weeks out. Yeah. Why is why is somebody why is somebody typically tight five weeks out? What are some of the reasons? Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking, you know, what Tilly said is, is, this, is there a system issue? Like, are they not being told in the hospital or, you know, after surgery what they need to do, meaning prop something up under their ankle and just begin to work on that passive extension, the weight of the leg just pushing down? If they're not told that, maybe they're going home and putting something under their knee as a position of comfort, you know, to create that little uh, flex, flexion in the knee. And then it just snowballs after that. Or if the protocol says don't stop PT for one or two weeks and, and they're just sitting at home, so many different uh, reasonings or, you know, potential issues that could, that could occur. Um, I seem to not have an issue. You know, I can't remember. It's just been a while. If they do begin to lose it a little, I am pretty aggressive with it. In, in getting it back, meaning I'm instructed, I'm really on the family, the parents, the kid, um, whom, whoever it is to get aggressive at home, meaning to, to begin working on extension at home, even more so than they're doing because we're missing something. So at five weeks out, if they're losing extension, you know, I'm, I'm thinking there's a system issue and, and then what's the limitation? Is it pain that is, we get their pain controlled better? Uh, is it a fear and just get them more comfortable doing the whole thing? And maybe you get to work, you know, play your Jedi mind tricks and play your mind games with them a little. I think that's usually the case as well. There's just a and lot of fear involved. Um, is it is it a is it, um, is it a, a dissection issue? Did this was a surgeon? Is this one surgeon? They're aggressive in how they handle the knee and how they dissect tissue. Because um, I've seen certain surgeons, even that I get, the patients are in a lot more pain than other surgeons. Like, what is going on? It's the same surgery. It's the same exact thing. Like, what is going on? So I think there's so many different factors. I think you just need to recognize it and get aggressive early on with getting that hyperextension, prop the ankle up, maybe even a little ankle weight above their kneecap. I don't do prone hangs. I think that's well documented. Um, and then go from there. I'll let other people talk. I like that, though. Good stuff, though, Len. I mean, you know, it's not always something biomechanically, for example, right? It's always not something like, oh, your yeah. kneecap's not moving, something like that. Right. Uh, I, I like the concept of, of pain and even just like fear. Um, and, and and the person not knowing like, oh, oh, am I supposed to get my knee straight? Right. <laughs> right? Like some, sometimes it, it's like us in our golf swing, right? It's like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to put my hands, right? Like like <laughs> some, sometimes the person just doesn't know, right? But right. um. All right. Who else wants to jump in? I want to talk a little bit more about like some strategies that we do with somebody that is tight. Obviously, I think that's that's important. But who wants to jump in? Dan, you got something? I was going to say, I think that we often see knees that have had multiple surgeries. Like mm. I, I think of like the past five patients I've had have had multiple ACLs and sometimes it's on both sides, too. So you don't even know what their normal actually is, you know, and you're kind of left guessing like, I don't know if this is you know, stiff or this is actually your normal because we don't have a good comparison on the other side. Sometimes the surgical side is better than the other side. Um, so it becomes a little bit confusing. I think a little bit challenging from that perspective. So, you know, I think it's, it's just good to keep in mind 
what are the prior surgeries that this patient had in the past? And are you looking at normal range of motion, right? Just by looking at the other side. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point too. And the more complicated of the procedure, the more, um, you know, uh, other surgical procedures that they do at the same time, meniscus, cartilage, those sorts of things, other ligaments, you're definitely uh, going to have that. So uh, good point. Um, I don't know who else wants to jump in here, Mike, Lisa, anybody like, like, what, what do you do now? So somebody's tight, right? What are your, some things Lenny talked about and Dave talked about a little bit here, just, just getting them like, let's, let's just teach them. Hey, you got to get your legs straight more often throughout the day. Uh, what other things do you do when you have somebody with, with uh, a loss of knee extension? Mike, you want to start? Yeah, I would say the big things post-operatively is we really want to control and monitor swelling. Um, so I'm definitely doing circumference measurements. I'm doing the sweep test every time they come in. I'm looking for changes in swelling and how that's impacting their range of motion, um, especially as they're getting up to, you know, do more walking around the house. Sometimes people will start to get a little more swollen. Um, so I'm really monitoring swelling, then doing techniques to try and help with some swelling. Um, and I should kind of clarify also looking at joint effusion with the sweep test, swelling within the joint. Um, then from there, you know, as Lenny mentioned, kind of like a low load, long duration stretch into knee extension with the heel propped up, maybe adding an ankle weight um, above the patella, um, working on patellar mobs, superior and inferior direction, uh, and then starting to work on some active knee extension in the like long sitting position first, trying to get some quad control. I like that. I like that. I like the, you know, two big things that I really liked about that. One was the swelling control concept, right? Because, um, you know, it, oftentimes maybe something's going on. Maybe they're doing too much around the house. Maybe they're not, they're, they're not um, doing their exercises like they're supposed to, whatever it may be. If they're constantly struggling with their swelling going up and down for whatever reason, either within or, or outside of their control, then yeah, that's going to have a dramatic impact on their range of motion. So, you know, that should be a big priority. I like that. Um, but I like, I like what you just said there at the end though, the active quad control. And I think that's sometimes something that we miss, right? It's not always just a passive loss of motion. I mean, we also have to get that quadriceps to fire, to get that patellar to fire, to get, uh, to move, to get that patellar tendon, uh, to feel some, some tension and to get the tibiofemoral joint to, to glide. Right. So I, I think I, that's a good point that I think not a lot of people understand is it's not just, Oh, what stretch do I need to do? Or what mobility do I need to do? Sometimes it's also just getting them going. Right. Um, Lisa, what else, anything else you do, uh, different or anything else you want to add to that mix? That was, that was a lot. Has a lot of things. Um, I feel like I'm usually just substitute teacher for ACL people, um, which is which is fun. I get to kind of peek in on whatever <laughs> like part people are on. But I will say I got to hang with one of Lenny's ACLs last week um, when he was on vacation and he came in and was like super pumped to like tell me how much time he'd spent hanging an extension. So it was, it was like very, very telling, yes. of, yeah, like very, very telling of like this hammer at home. Like it is your job when you are at home to do these things. It was like the first thing he was very excited to tell me. He was like, I think my extension's better. Like I spent this time and even like he had an early morning appointment and he already hung out an extension for a while, like before he came into PT. So Studying for the test. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, I, I, that's I will say, if I may, great, great point, Lisa that he was pumped that he did it there is a world out there believe it or not for the listeners that um some surgeons even pts are afraid and say it's bad to get hyperextension 
And I would just want to reiterate that it's not bad to get hyperextension. When we say hyperextension, that term, I get yelled at on social media if you're using the term hyperextension. People will just say it's extension. It's extension beyond zero to match the other <laughs> needs. So, Wait, we're really yelling about that now? That's something else? Oh I my, mean, yeah. Well, I have yeah. gymnasts that have like 15 degrees of hyperextension. <laughs> yeah, so like, then the, then the question is, degrees when, of hyperextension. How, how often, <laughs> right. like how much hyperextension do you get? Do you re- return all of that hyperextension? Um, because as Dan said, a lot of people have had numerous surgeries on their knees. So you don't, you don't know what normal is for that person. If you do know what normal is, the goal is to eventually get symmetrical hyperextension in both of their knees, but not immediately. So if they have 10 degrees of hyperextension on their non-surgical knee, and that's their normal, I'd probably get three or four or five at the most kind of early on and kind of hover there and then let the motion come naturally after that. I don't want to get 10 immediately because then that 10 becomes 15 as they start doing functional stuff. Now they have a stretched out graft. So you got to be careful. So I would say in the hyperlaxed person, don't be too aggressive with their extension. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. And the person that has that three degrees of hyperextension, I would try to get it pretty quickly, maybe to zero. And those last few degrees will eventually come. But you can really keep an eye on that because it will kind of drift back into a flexion contraction. So that, that tight person. So oh, no, differences in the loose the versus the tight person. <laughs> no piece of feels. Nobody watches Dave. the videos, so I can do whatever. Dave, <laughs> how does how does how does one of your athletes with twenty degrees of twenty degrees past extension? I don't want to trigger anybody. Right, say exactly. Hyper extension. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, that that sounds terrible. By the way, twenty. All right. Well, anyway, twenty degrees of extension. Uh, how do they feel? If they only have five degrees, yeah, right. extension, five degrees. That, that how how right, does that person point. feel? The knee doesn't feel right. They they walk with a limp. Their quads don't come back. Um, if that's long term, I'm talking like you're you're now eight months out and, they, and you you intentionally got them to zero and stopped because the dog said don't go beyond zero or you read something that said don't go beyond zero. They don't feel right. They don't walk right. Their quads don't feel right. It just doesn't feel right to them. A lot of um, gymnastics too needs like a very straight legged bound. Like think about yeah. just doing like pogo hops in place. So just stand up where you are and bend one knee 10 degrees and then hop in yeah. place. And, and try to do it right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Just, it I, doesn't make sense. And there are studies I, that show if you get the hyperextension back, it does not affect outcomes. So uh, Don Shelbourne out of Indianapolis has shown that. So if you get the hyperextension back and get symmetry, that's a huge indicator of a positive outcome. Like they're going to do better than not getting the hyperextension back. They actually get OA in their knee more 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 likely or quicker than um, not getting hyperextension back. So, so you got to get it back. <laughs> in, I, in I, conclusion. I, let, let's mix it up. I want to get one more perspective from the strength coaches just, just quickly here. So somebody that is four, five, six months after ACL reconstruction, or heck, we even see people years out, right, that yeah. they had it a few years ago and didn't even realize they didn't have it all back. Um, yeah. Yeah, t- tell me a little bit about the importance of that for you, because obviously Dave just brought up a really good point, right? If you're trying to do athletic movements and you don't have full hyperextension, if you don't have the ability to lock out your knee, right, that's going to impact, you know, triple extension. That's going to impact your ability to produce power. So uh, tell me a little bit from the strength coach pr- perspective of, of why that's a detriment and, and why that you see that cause problems in people in the gym. Uh, who wants to start? Do you want to start? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple, like you said, of it, it affects triple extension in all of our power-producing um, activities. So it's going to limit jumping, it's going to limit sprinting, it's going to limit aspects of cutting and changing direction and stuff. So, you know, and, and we tend to, when, when they get back into training, let's say in a gym setting, and you do all these activities, 
with suboptimal levels of, you know, full hyperextension or extension, we'll call it, so we don't get in trouble. Um, but if we do repetitive motions with not full extension on one side, but then extension on the other side, then we're going to have funky mechanics for a long, long time. And then it's obviously going to impact mm. the outcomes and the outputs of sprinting, jumping, you know, any, any explosive movement. So yeah, it'll, it'll for sure come up and we've seen it. Yeah, for sure. Jonah, from your perspective, what, what, you know, how, do, how does somebody, you know, you have somebody down the road that doesn't quite have that. What, what are some of the things that you're going to see with them just trying to get through their, their training programs and their workouts? Can they, can they get strong? Can they get powerful? What do you, what do you see? I would say a lot of just the kind of achiness and stuff that Lenny was talking about that they like for the people who are way longer out, um, where they end up just not feeling as good when they're doing stuff, which makes it that much harder to push everything. And it can end up being something that's just kind of constantly on their mind. Uh, similar, but mm. we see it a lot with Tommy John guys who don't get full extension back in their elbow where everything they do, they're like, oh, I can't go all the way down on a pull-up or something like that or whatever it is they for a breathing drill or hang anything. They're setting up slightly offset because one of their elbows doesn't fully extend and it's on their mind for absolutely everything they do. Um, which I imagine is even that much worse when it's an ACL and it's your legs because your feet are in contact with the ground on everything. So I think right. it just mentally is challenging as well. Yeah, makes sense. So awesome. So good stuff. Hopefully that helps, Chris. Um, you know, we're big believers in making sure that they get this back right away. So that's your first step is, is to, you know, work on this week one, make sure or week zero. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm, we're supposed to call anything anymore. So, but like <laughs> there is the, make sure you're working on this stuff right away. So that way you don't have any of these issues going forward because there's going to be some repercussions. So great question. Thanks so much. If you have a question like that, head to microl.com, click on that podcast link and be sure to go to Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to us to rate, review, and subscribe us. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.